Last time on Pokemon Rollout. As the battle began with Charlie's powerful Pokemon, Danger the Turtonator avoided Charlie's eye contact and seemed reluctant to fight. But the Matriarch, a human-hating Trevenant, started causing havoc in Landsmeet, while the Malamar he stole from another trainer raged against Charlie for vengeance. Giggles the Yarmahaha and Melody the Wigglytuff started off the battle while Charlie put Danger in his place. Charlie then brought his focus to the Malamar. Meanwhile, the Morgrim fled and Liliana ran after it. Ultimately, she discovered it causing mischief in a fancy restaurant, but was able to put it to sleep with Ruse's help. Melody put the Matriarch to sleep, and Katana put the Malamar to sleep before it overexerted itself. Charlie returned his Pokemon, promising to return the Malamar to its original trainer. The party ran away as the Rangers started to close in. I hope they don't make a habit of running from the authorities. But, what will happen today on Pokemon Rollout? Hello, and welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master, and you're listening to Pokemon Rollout, a real-play Pokemon Tabletop United RPG podcast. What's your name? Uh, I'm Paul, and I play Charlie Noodle Tangle of Hine. <laughs> I'm Michael, and I play Professor Rudimentus Obsidian Dragon Sneeze. <laughs> it's, it's actually just the material. <laughs> uh, it's just the material. <laughs> I'm, I'm Lydia, and I play Liliana Stray Dog Gang Shadow Garden. <laughs> yes, the things I remember is uh, your shopping trip was a little bit cut short because you were uh, avoiding the rangers, and the next day was going to be your meeting with Professor Mankineel. Do we want to lie low at, at your family's place before tomorrow, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I suppose we can kind of go there and hang out and, like... We need to see, say goodbyes or anything, maybe too. Like I'm not sure what our plans after this, but that would be that'd be good. Man, I really want to ditch him, though. I mean, <laughs> no, Char- Charlie didn't say that. <laughs> Charlie didn't say that. Yeah, I suppose we can. Uh, we could probably go uh, rest up the rest of the day uh, there at the pine farm or the pine ranch, and then I still we still need to actually like do shopping because we haven't done that proper yet. But no, out of character. Did we ever meet up with the person we were supposed to, or is that happening in-game? The Heracross guy? You met with the Heracross guy, and he's the one who uh, you decided it would be two days uh, from when you met them, and so this is one day later, so the next day is when you meet with Professor McNeil. So the, the answer to that question is either yes, you met them yesterday, or yes, you're going to meet them tomorrow. I think we're on track. <laughs> Not sure where the train's going, but we're on the track. <laughs> I hope it doesn't turn into that one uh, psychology experiment. Oh, dear. <laughs> the trolley problem? That Yikes. dilemma? Yeah. The trolley problem? 
<laughs> pull the lever. I don't care which choice it makes. Just pull the lever. For some reason, <laughs> I am like very amusable as to what would happen if Boss was in charge of a trolley problem. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd punch a train. <laughs> Boss. <laughs> So who's tied to the tracks? Boss would either run ahead, race the train to punch whoever was on the tracks before the train got there. Like, no, the train's not going to get him. I am. Or he's going to jump off the train and try to punch the train yeah. itself. <laughs> either way, the answer is punching. Yes. If you if you add Boss to a situation, it immediately becomes a shonen anime. <laughs> oh, the definition of hot one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Alright, but I, I think I think we uh, I think we go uh, back to the pine farm to lay low and uh, maybe talk to my mom about uh, good solutions for our little mischievous Morgrim and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, See if she has any free supplies that we can have. <laughs> any free supplies, of course. Does she any have? Does she supplies. have any Lembus bread? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> what about the light of Ellendale? What? points did she become Galadriel? <laughs> what about just that, like, what about that thing How in Harry- Charlie an elf? What about that lame thing in uh, Harry Potter that Ron gets, the light catcher? Oh, the Deluminator. Oh, <laughs> oh womp, womp. wow. Yeah. Or a time turner. Should have a time turner. The time turner. The time turner would be cool. No, no, we're not adding- Cloak of Invisibility. We're not adding time travel to this because then time travel becomes the plot. It's true. If you add time travel to the plot, time travel becomes the plot. Every time. Well, Michael had that one NPC that was the warping thing. Mm. I forgot Mm -hmm. what that one is actually called. Uh, Glitch. Uh, The Glitchbender. Glitchbender. She hasn't become the plot yet. An offshoot of an airbender. (laughs) She's got to wrench it from Ellie. (laughs) (laughs) Not as far off as you'd think. (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. How are you, Ellie? Did you enjoy Halloween? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're poking the fork. <laughs> Stop it. So you're back at uh, Charlie's home. Uh, you notice mild disarray when you get there. It seems the Morgrim caused a diversion in order to leave, and so that's being kind of tidied up. Yeah, I, I, I come in and go, Mom! Mom, the Morgrim got out! And like, let out the, the big bad ones. In the middle of what you're saying, your mother slams open the door and looks at you. Not the gator. Give me that shot. <laughs> uh, she is aware and judging by the uh, general dampness of many things around, you're guessing that uh, Chomp was the one who was uh, inconvenienced by the Morgrim. Mm. <laughs> Are the walls still intact? <laughs> of the house, yes. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, the various fencing that was being put up are, is in various states of disrepair. Some of it's okay, some of it's less so. <laughs> Ooh, Charlie, you're in trouble. Charlie does not say this out loud, but his mom was in charge of taking care of the Pokemon. It's not his fault. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Says the one who failed the intuition check. Charlie did not say that out loud (laughs) I wish you would have I don't think he even thought it (laughs) 
I was gonna say, you're, you're an eyesight of your mother, so I think if you thought nope. that, she would know. Nope, he did not even think that, no. Right. Paul feel, feels kind of bad for thinking it. <laughs> Needless to, to say, you spend a good amount of the day in various states of mitigating the damage and kind of getting everything back to normal. Luckily, most of uh, Charlie's Pokemon have either had enough time or are, are of a good enough disposition that they aren't going to run too wild. It's like, they are in different places, they're going to be okay, but it's still kind of settling them back down after a an imp who literally feeds off of negative emotions showed up and was allowed to do what he wanted for a little while. Alright. <laughs> Uh, yes, after that all is cleaned up, it's kind of, you were, it was, I think it was either uh, mid-morning or early afternoon when last we left you off, so it's it's a couple hours later in the day, it's probably mid to late afternoon at this point. Have we trained today yet? I thought we did. I think you did in the morning. That sounds like something yeah. we would do. Yeah, you guys stayed the night at the uh, Pokemon Center and then you trained immediately afterwards. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you could do some generic shopping, like if you have something... Specific that you want to pick up, you can most likely find it in Landsmeet and deal with it. Here, uh, some of the more unorthodox things might be a little harder to look for, but you could definitely stock up. Do we want to go over anything that we buy or just kind of skip it if it's just generic stuff? I'm going to say if if it's just generic, go ahead and buy it at the price uh, at the price that the okay. book okay. says and go for it. Uh, if it's something really weird, please let me know. Or something that seems very <laughs> powerful so that I can look over it. But the other thing is uh, if you want to tutor your Pokemon, you can find move tutors in Landsmeet. They would charge the price that that would be for a TM. Uh, if it's not a TM, ask me what specific move you're looking for, and we can figure out a price for it. Um, so, Nick, maybe uh, maybe this is something to think on, and maybe something that we can't homebrew immediately here, but what I was thinking about is, I kind of want to lean into Charlie's juggler stuff a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what I was thinking is, I'd want to get, like, almost, uh, like, a an attachment to my, my Pokeballs that would make them, like, a yo-yo. Ooh, that would be cool. And and then I could also, if you'd allow it, turn into like a better sling, maybe a more powerful sling. Again, this might have to have some homebrew to like the homebrew to it, or like maybe we just apply that aesthetic to to something like that. But I don't know thoughts. That to me sounds like because of how you're thinking to work in it, that would be a weapon. So it would be under weapons. It would be a short range weapon, so a range of four meters. Because uh, Yo-Yo is not going to be longer than t- about 12 feet. Well, I mean, I, well, like I said, if we were able to... I mean, uh, if we were to adapt it as a, a sling type of weapon, possibly, mm-hmm. where like it could release, it would be, like I said, maybe an upgraded sling, potentially. Yes. So what I will say for that is that's going to be a specialty order no matter what. What I'd probably do is that would be at least a... I'm trying to decide on pricing for this, too, because... So, simple weapons are... Simple weapons are usually around 3,000 poke, and fine weapons are usually around 6,000. Since this is a special order, I would probably say the person would tack on a little extra for the price. Okay. So, I would say Charlie would be able to get it for... I'm going to say they'd raise the price to about 9,000 poke, 
and it'd be a specialty order, so they'd have to make it, so you'd probably be able to pick it up. Uh, if you if you wanted them to rush it, they'd add on a thousand for an even ten thousand poke, and they'd get it to you the next morning. Okay. And if not, how how long would it be? Otherwise, I'd say two. You're you're looking at two to three days. Okay. All right. How much money do you have? Uh, I have a uh, twenty-eight. I could spend some money on that. Okay. So I was gonna say, if you didn't, I would quote unquote lend you some. <laughs> uh, just to warn you guys in advance. Uh, there is a decent chance that after your meeting tomorrow, things will change quite a bit. So oh, if no. you want a specialty something, now would be a good time to think of it. And yes, okay. go ahead. Raising your hand there. <laughs> Liliana. Pick me, pick me. Pick me. <laughs> is armor a thing? Absolutely. There's actually armor in... Uh, if you go to page... 293 in the handbook. Light armor gives you 5 damage reduction. Uh, heavy armor gives you 10 damage reduction, but lowers your speed uh, combat stage to ne- by negative 1. Could we possibly entertain the thought of custom armor? Yes, what are you thinking for it? So, I was thinking of something that would be quiet good for like heavy hits and fast is that asking too much yeah, uh, quiet good for heavy hits and fast i don't know if it would be something that could speed you up but what that sounds like to me is it would be a mixture of light armor and stealth clothes okay so five damage reduction and stealth clothes normally gives you a plus four to your stealth checks okay Ooh. to a maximum of plus four for your bonus so plus four to all stealth checks what I would say, combining the two, uh, actually comes out to 10,000 poke. Uh, again, if you want them to rush it for you for an overnight, uh, I'd bump it to about 12,000. Okay. The design I'm thinking of, and you could work for it, but the design I would be thinking of would be, it would look more like stealth clothing, so dark clothing, muted, more to blend into the background, but it would have discs of uh, basically shaped metal sewn into it. And, and they would be sewn in and padded, so they'd be a little bulkier, but they would be quiet, and they'd be, you'd be able to move with them. Okay. Because I'm just thinking about, like, with a lot of the battles that we have, mm-hmm. Liliana has fainted quite a few times mm-hmm. <laughs> in the past, and, like... Of the three of you, you are the frontliner. Yeah, I guess, like, my main thing would just be something that would be good for fire defense especially, but not anything that would hinder her stealth. Yep, so I would say uh, mixing light armor and stealth clothes would be what I'd say. And so doing a custom order like that, it'd be about 12,000 if you wanted that by the next morning. Yeah, I could dish out 12,000. That's fine, Ben. Okay. How should I mark this stuff in the in the sheet for this? I, I mean, I can name it would I, like, mark it under combat as a place to have it? Yes. So for combat, uh, if you put the main hand there, uh, so, a weapon that you're thinking, and you want it to be a full long-range weapon? Yeah, I mean, like I so said, basically, like, a modified sling. You're kind of combining two things, because you can do it short-range and call it back, or you can throw it long-range. Okay. Under main hand or offhand, so on the far side where it says equipment under combat. Um, under the combat tab? Yes, under the combat tab, where it says equipment. Uh, under main hand or offhand, give it whatever name you want. So I don't know, yo-yo strings or polka yo-yo, something like that. 
for the, the damage base modifier, put in a one. And for the AC modifier, put in a one. So it's a little harder to hit with it, but it does a little bit more damage. The other thing I will say is that it is a fine weapon, which means scroll down to weapon moves in the player's handbook. Yeah. And you get to choose one adept weapon move and one master weapon move. Remember that you do need to have adept combat to use the adept weapon move and master combat to use the master weapon move. And I think I'm pretty close on that. Let me look here real quick. Yeah. Trainer. You're novice combat at the moment, so you're okay. close. I can take the moves, but I can't use the moves. <laughs> you can't use them yet, no. Okay. Uh, so put a one here and a one here. And you'll see right here at, the, at your second struggle... It did that automatically for you. Oh, okay. So your second struggle is your Poka Yo-Yo. Oh, okay. Okay, I see, I see. And so I can re- I can, should I rename that, or should that just remain as struggle? Up to you. If you want to name it that, that makes it a little simpler for you. Okay. I'm wondering whether I should buy, like, some held items for Pokemon. Do for it, yeah. Mm, that'd be a good idea. I, I was thinking you were going to get a lens for your hair. A lens? Tell me. Tell me about this. What is a lens? I, I'm joking. I like it. Since since they're both getting like battle-based things to kind of boost their effectiveness, I'm like, put a lens in front of your hair to make, focus the light a little more. Yeah. <laughs> you can get one of those like doctor headbands that has the little disc at the front. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like a laser. And the stars funnel through <laughs> that. Yes. Oh, as fun as that sounds, I don't know if that's something Professor Sneeze would actually right. do. <laughs> I have another couple of questions. One of them is when battle is happening, Mm -hmm. are we able to switch between weapons without it affecting our turn? Or do we just go into battle and say like, oh, I have this one weapon. I feel like we've talked about this in the past, but it's, it's been a hot minute. So what I would say is, in my mind, uh, drawing a weapon would be a swift action. I don't remember if there are swift actions in this system, and if there aren't, then it's just a free action. You can do that automatically. Switching weapons, I would think, would be a move action, because you have to put one away and pull out another one. But if you drop the weapon you're holding and pull out another one, that's a free action. But you have dropped your earlier weapon, and you have to pick it up. Okay. Other question for you, Nick, not to nitpick, but when I was just with the sling, and I'm not sure if we had counted this with like my curveball and stuff like that, but I was already uh, with my regular sling rolling with a damage base of five and an AC of four. How, what was the range on the sling? Because that means that I did something wrong, but since I've already done it wrong, I may as well continue to do so. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what our range was. I want to say the range was like like around 12. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, because long-range weapons are supposed to raise the AC of the attack by 1, have a range of 12 meters, and raise the damage base by 1. So you were supposed to have an AC of 5 and okay. be hitting with that. And you weren't sp- supposed to be able to hit anything within 4 meters of you. Oh, okay. What I will say is, especially since specifically you're saying you want it to be stronger, instead of the damage base modifier being one, let's make it two. Okay. So the AC still goes up because this is a brand new thing. You're still getting used to it. And flinging out yo-yo strings with Pokeballs attached to it is inherently going to be harder to hit than just using a slingshot. Fair enough. 
it does hit harder because that's what you're building it for and making it work that way. Are you you're letting me use it for short and long range then? Yes, that's the other thing. You can okay. use it for short and long range. Cool. Uh, the other thing I'm imagining with this is that I, I'm imagining these as web shooters for some reason. <laughs> Like you, you, you attach the string when you put it in your hand, and, and like attach it to it and fling it off that way. All right. So then, and you said I get to pick an adept move and a master move, but I can't use them until I'm adept and master in combat, right? Yes, until you're adept and master. And I think there's a place in the combat. Yes, if you look at uh, under the struggle attacks, there's oh. MH adept, MH master. So, gotcha. See it. Yeah. Once you pick them, put the names there. Gotcha. And uh, there are limitations for those and other things, but. You've, you're reading them to look at them to look them over. So, and then also Nick, as long as it's okay, I also bought some night vision goggles that uh, I may see if I can get Katana to do something with later. But sounds good. Yes, dark vision goggles, so that that works fine. And then where can I find a snag machine? <laughs> <laughs> you tricky little man. Black market. At the moment, nowhere, and it's at least more than thirty thousand poke, which uh, Charlie does not have. That is true. Oh, really? Charlie's poor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Got him. Well, neither... Uh, Professor Sneeze doesn't have 30,000 poke. I know. I know. I'm, like, just under. I've got 30,000 poke. Repla- or, uh, lower two zeros, and that's the rough amount of money you have in U.S. dollars. Or, or go down two decimal <laughs> points. Yeah. So you were all carrying roughly $300 with you. Not anymore. Except for Liliana, who had nearly 500. Wow. I'm making rain! <laughs> Alright, I'm taking Bullseye. That sounds like perfect for what I should have here. Like, I really like the Shell Bell. I'm like, I'm wondering if I should give that to Boss, since he doesn't have quite as much natural regenerative capabilities as some of my other Pokemon. Or if I should lean into his expanded crit range and give him a Razor Claw. Oh my gosh. You could. Don't forget we're on the ah. other side of the mountains now, Michael. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I'm also thinking like Professor Sneeze might be getting just nervous enough about that fact about the other side of the mountains and might want to p- get some light armor for himself. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm still stuck in the mental image of a boss being released and just holding a bell in, in one uh, mitt and just going like ringing it and being like, he's starting the match. Ding a ding ding. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Dingling, I'm coming for you. Punch. I'm so I'm reading uh, take aim uh, here as a move. Yes. Increases the user's accuracy by by one, and if the user performs a weapon move on their next turn, that deals. Okay, so auto crit. Yes, okay, that's basically what I was, yeah, checking on. So uh, auto crits, but it takes a turn to do it, and it takes a turn to then. The next move would be. Yep. So you're you're basically you're you're aiming down the sights, and the next turn you can actually hit with it. Interesting. I'm trying to balance that with bullseye. I feel like both would be thematically accurate for Charlie. And mm-hmm. now I think I'm thinking I'm gonna take bullseye. Like Charlie actually sitting and taking aim. That's not Charlie. That's not Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Boss would appreciate the razor claw mm-hmm. more than the shell bell. Up to you. Uh yeah. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a razor claw. Give that to boss. I bought a couple Pokeballs. Should I buy myself some light armor? I'm thinking in terms of like having a like some leather armor underneath the lab coat. Increases damage reduction. It's up to all it is up to you. Is that something that Professor Sneeze would get? 
I, I think it might. Audience, uh, thank you for your patience. I cannot uh, shopping sequence, so this works well for me, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I gave the medicine badge to Melody. I, I am going to buy some light armor. All right, so I'm not going to be able to do either of these for a while, but for my mo- mo- moves, I'm looking at Furious Strikes, which is a scene times two, takes an AC of two, uh, with a damage base of three, and it has uh, it has five strike on one target. Melee or short-ranged weapons only. This is, you, Your weapon's long range. Didn't we say that it was going to be both long and short? Yes. Mm, okay, I'll allow it. Okay, so it's either that or, and this one you might uh, be using the long range option of it. I'm also looking at triple threat, which allows uh, 3d8 plus uh, damage base of 7 with three targets. Yeah, so then you you would would hit three things. And that's large melee weapons and long range weapons only, so that works fine. I think I'll take triple threat. I like that. All right, Nick, I'm making making a note of of this uh, in my character sheet. I'm putting two spots that you allow this to be a long and short-range weapon. Are there shields? There are. Cool. Light shields and heavy shields naturally gave the same amount of plus two evasion. But if you ready a heavy shield, you get plus six evasion, 15 damage reduction, but that's a standard action. Light shields can do it too, but you get a plus four and a 10 damage reduction. But you also become slowed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can also use them as a small melee weapon if you if you use them in both hands. So just go and shield bash people. <laughs> I feel like the helmet would be cooler though, because like the helmet I'm picturing in my head is kind of like like a cool motorcycle helmet, but without the visor. <laughs> I could see it being uh, patterned after a poniard's head. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I could kind of see that too. I don't know. It's something that like. I would want to get customized, but I'm not quite sure, like, how I want that customized just yet. Okay. Because to get the, like, 15 damage reduction against critical hits, that's pretty cool. That's solid. Yeah, and then also resisting certain psychic-type moves. Also pretty awesome. So I kind of want to look into that more, but I'm just trying to think of, like, what would be a fun way to, to play up the helmet? So you're all getting decked out in all new outfits. Yeah, I might, I might get get some um, uh, some of the light armor as well. That seems like just like a good investment. Now to remember that I have it every turn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, okay, okay. So I have, I have a cool idea for the helmet. So I don't know how I want to like see if I can gussy it up more, but at least for like aesthetics, it could be like. Like, kind of like a collar or something around mm. Liliana's neck. And then, like, she can press hmm. a button in the middle that kind of looks like a jewel. And then, like, the helmet comes up over her head. Ooh. Nice. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Okay. That'd be interesting. Fancy. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with a helmet. But I don't know. Yeah. It would be cool ways to kind of make it stronger. I don't know. Because, yeah, I feel like the 15 critical is already pretty solid. And, and the good. fact that you resist Zen headbutt and head, headbutt a step further and can't be flinched by either of those moves, solid yeah. too. Because I feel like that would also go well with, um, I forget what the, it's either like a feature or an edge, but it's called Iron Mind. Yes. So if somebody tries to like tap into her thoughts, she knows. I think that's an edge, yes. So you become aware of attempts to read your mind with telepathy, whether it works or not. Could I combine the helmet with the goggles? 
Combine the helmet with the dark vision goggles, you're thinking? Yeah. Yes, the two costs would combine. Okay, so it'd just be like 3250. Yeah, add another thousand to that. So I, I, I could see that being the capability. Uh, the thing I will say, and this probably won't ever matter, but the uh, with the design that you have, the helmet would have to be engaged for the dark vision to take effect. So the same way that you'd have to put the dark vision goggles on for them mm. to work. Because I could see that being like the visor part of the helmet that I'm kind of envisioning. You almost have a, a HUD in the yeah in the helmet. My, my head keeps trying to do the design with like a carbink look to it, so it's got like the ears coming out of it and uh, <laughs> like of like ribbon or something. <laughs> but someone tell me if I if I'm hallucinating. I feel like we did start doing some shopping last time, and I feel like I bought something and got a deal of it of some kind. Do we remember what that is at all? <laughs> uh, it was dark vision goggles for base price, and then uh, they threw in a uh, a lab coat for free. That's what I thought. Okay, so I'm not going to buy mm-hmm. dark vision goggles again. <laughs> okay, that's right. Thank you for remembering, Nick. Yeah, no problem. I'm picturing the uh, light armor that Sneeze is wearing is effectively like. Ooh. Leather armor in D&D, but it's, like, under his lab coat, but he's got basically, like, a leather breastplate, and then on his arms going down, patches of of leather covering his arms all the way down to his hands, covering the backs of his hands, but all under the lab coat, Uh, and then maybe, like, on his legs, too, um, and maybe, like, shin guards or something, but those, like, you can see those over his pants and stuff. Makes sense. Out of curiosity, Nick, um, and this is putting a little bit on you for the shopping part of it, but, like, does Katana see anything that she's fancying? When we get to RP, I may Mm. ask her to... Okay. With the hand items, if it doesn't say whether it can or cannot be used by trainers, can I assume that it's something that a Pokemon can hold? Let me check. The The hand equipment is specifically Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon items are beneath that under held items. And most held items can be used by trainers. Uh, They're generally... uh, Oh, many of them, uh, if they're there, they're described with the association uh, with, let's say? Uh, They're described with the associated equipment slot used by a trainer. So it'll say uh, in there whether or not they can be used by trainers or not. So hand items cannot be used by Pokemon except under specific conditions. Held items can be used by Pokemon, but cannot be used by trainers unless stated otherwise. So I'd say, like, the three places that I see you guys going at the moment is general store type place to buy Pokeballs, potions, the basics, and just stock up on it. An armorer, which I think all three of you got some sort of armor. Yep. Charlie and Professor mm-hmm. Sneeze just got light armor, so they're able to kind of get it off the rack. But uh, Liliana did a specialty order, and then Charlie went, at the very least, Charlie went to the weaponsmith yep. and got a specialty order there. And Liliana actually had two specialty orders from the uh, armor there, because she has her uh, special armor and her helmet. The god. I feel like would. Because I bought a razor claw yes. for boss. 
would that also come from a weaponsmith or would that be something I could see that being else? a weaponsmith kind of like especially yeah someone who's working with Pokemon or, or uh, bits of Pokemon like Scarlet and Violet has bits of Pokemon being crafted into new things so there's a precedent <laughs> for it I suppose <laughs> picturing boss holding the claw of a Weavile that's, that's the one I always think of because of the evolution attached to it so I always think it's a Weavile claw but. so now boss gets to say snicked every time he comes out so yes, uh, other than the light armor and the razor claw, I bought a few great balls. Um, I think I'm good on all my stuff right now, so, um, yeah. I bought a few dive balls, a couple of dive balls, mm. some great balls, and then my armor and helmet. Okay. For now. <laughs> so, but I will summarize it for, uh, and quick and Feel free to cut in things. Uh, supermarket was a fairly quick thing. Uh, Charlie tagged along because that's where you were going, but it doesn't sound like he picked up too much while you were there. But uh, Professor Sneeze and Liliana both went and grabbed some Pokeballs to stock up uh, and make sure they have that for what's going on ahead. Uh, all of you went to the, I think I'm going to say the weapon shop next because Charlie was, that that's the next place you led them to because you had to go to the supermarket and you didn't get anything. So it takes a little bit for Charlie to explain to the weaponsmith there what he's actually trying to get from him. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. there's kind of some confusion there. But uh, eventually they get to the point of, okay, this is what they're thinking. This is how it's going to work. It's a little bit of a complicated process, but the weaponsmith actually seems like kind of interested in this, like he's working with newer, more mechanical things and working around there. Charlie, can I get a perception check from you? Actually, anyone can, everyone can do a perception check. All right. Uh, my perception, I think it's all six dice. It sure is. Charlie's perception is um, 24. I want to roll two. Hold on. I got 20. 20. All right. Uh, Charlie and Liliana. Professor Sneeze, you don't quite catch it. But Charlie and Liliana, you definitely notice uh, that Katana picked up a few things from what the weaponsmith was working on. (laughs) Yeah, girl. You're not sure exactly what. She was at least sneaky enough to kind of hide that, but she definitely was around that area. Yeah, Charlie doesn't appear. I'm going to say Liliana just kind of casually walks by Katana and, like, uh, slightly holds out her fist for a fist bump. It hurts more than you expect. She shakes it off and continues walking. <laughs> Since, uh, no, her hands are 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 are, are uh, the ends of swords or knives. But I mean, she could have used the flat of her blade. But okay, could've. fine. <laughs> hmm. Char- Charlie notices, but doesn't pay too much mind. He's like, yeah, okay, she's getting cool stuff. But soon enough, you get everything together. The longest visit by far is definitely the armors. In fact, uh, as you're getting there, the sun is lowering, and you don't leave until it's nearly gone. For Charlie and Professor Sneeze, it's fairly straightforward. Um, in fact, all three of you are there for a while just to take measurements and to get everything together for the armor. The way this is working, he's got, especially for light armor, he's got cuts and he's just able to size it down. They've got cuts. I'll say it's a it's a married pair, a uh, husband and wife working for it. So yeah, they, they've got pieces that they're basically sizing and working that together so they can get that in a couple of hours. 
generally. Liliana's order is a little more specific and they have to go over to the blacksmith nearby and make sure they can get the pieces together. But uh, especially with the rush job, they're able, they're going to be able to overnight it and get it. Uh, they're saying come back in the morning and they'll be able to pick that up. Same thing with Charlie at the weaponsmith. He's saying come back in the morning as they're working through it. Uh, the helmet is a little more of an interesting thing, especially with the ideas. Uh, Liliana most likely tried on a few helmets and none of them quite fit the style that she was looking for. Mm. Plus, helmet hair is terrible. True. But eventually what uh, the wife says, oh, oh, we can probably send in an order for this. They've got that new fangled thing that they're always wanting to use. So we'll give that a try. And if you come back in the morning for your... Uh, pieces we can we can have the that helmet piece ready for you. It might actually even be able to fit in with the whole set. Sweet, I I will pay good money, my friends. Expect nothing less. <laughs> of course. Sooner or later, uh, Charlie yeah. and Professor Sneeze are able to. I think uh, they do it fast enough that you and especially with uh, Liliana still working over the prices. Charlie and Lili- and Professor Sneeze are able to leave with their light armor immediately, just like. Professor is able to leave with the razor claw uh, from the weaponsmith, and remember that very well. But uh, Liliana is going to have to come back for her armor in the morning, and Charlie is going to have to come back for his uh, yo-yo ball, yo-yo Pokemon. Yeah, to figure out a good name <laughs> for them. Yes, uh, I'm on it. Pokeyos. Pokeyos. That sounds like a that sounds like a breakfast cereal. Uh, actually, so uh, Michael, do you know what Pokeyo is? <laughs> It's a it's a Dutch uh, kids show. Um, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it's Dutch, mm. uh, which has been translated as uh, the first. Some of it has been uh, translated into English with uh, Stephen Fry as the narrator. It's honestly like this like two year old level type thing, uh, but so, it's Spanish. I is it Spanish? It yeah. yeah, it's oh. Spanish. Okay, I thought it was Dutch. My bad. Huh. No worries. But anyway, por qué no las dos? <laughs> Ah, so anyways, that, 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 that is Pokeyo. <laughs> nice. So I, we're not call, be calling them Pokeyos. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll, we'll get our team of lawyers on it. <laughs> nice. Uh, I believe your meeting with Professor Mankineel the next day is at noon. Yes. So you will have time mm-hmm. in the morning, pick everything up, but... Since it's on the opposite side of town from Charlie's family farm, it will be a bit of a thing of that'll be your morning and then you'll go straight there. We can do it. All right, but with that, it has, the sun has officially fully set. I believe, what is the weather? Because we asked about that. It was sunny. The weather looks like there, it was a sandstorm. What I will say is the sandstorm starts to blow in, and this is somewhat rare for Landsmeet. You are near a desert, but you're not at one. So this is a strong wind blowing in the desert, but a decent sandstorm's coming in as night falls, and you can kind of hear it getting there. So traveling from place to place, and especially leaving or going places tomorrow might uh, struggle. So question about the sandstorm then. First of all, do we hear heavy bass playing as it comes closer? Or, no, I'm just kidding. So when we're out and about in the sandstorm, are we going to get hurt by it? Or is that only if we enter a battle? The convention I've always had, which doesn't always work, but I like to think of it this way, in battle you are not able to take the, the precautions you would need to to protect yourself from the inclement weather, which is why the weather hurts you periodically. Hmm. 
So when you are not in battle, I'm assuming you are keeping yourself safe. That makes sense to me. Okay. As on the flip side, uh, you do you uh, one minute outside in a sandstorm will not knock you uncut. Okay. Since you lose mm-hmm. a tick of HP every round, oh. which is every six seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like walk two steps out the door and keel over. Get <laughs> <laughs> go on. Like if it was severe sandstorm conditions, severe thunderstorm, true blizzard, I could see that because that's what they actually do. But sure. in just general sandstorm condition where you can still kind of see. You'll be taking the precautions. Yo, Yoka Ball. Yo, Yoka Ball. Yep. Uh, can we heal our Pokemon overnight? Yep. You will heal. Uh, a full night of sleep will get you fully rested. Uh, you can heal up to three injuries and uh, get up to full health. It uh, was a good night's sleep. Sorry, how many injuries? Three uh, injuries up to we three heal? Three injuries per person. So per thing. Yes. Okay, so including Pokemon. Including Pokemon. And each Pokemon can heal three injuries on themselves. And then they would go up to whatever their injured HP would be? Yes, if that didn't get rid of all of their injuries. If they are more injured than that, you could also have taken them to a Pokemon Center, which would heal the rest. Can we say that we did that? (laughs) If it's needed, you most likely did so, so I'll say yes. Okay, cool. Then Trigger is a okay boy. Oh yeah, Trigger got really solidly hit, I forgot about that. Yeah. In the last battle, most of my Pokemon were just A-OK fine. It was me who took the majority of the damage. <laughs> it's understandable, <laughs> given the yeah. last battle. Yep. But, but yes, yeah, so you're all healed up, all ready to go. You wake up the next morning. Uh, are you waking up early enough to get in training? Yes. Then go ahead and train your Pokemon. Okay, everybody, how do we do training? <laughs> Half Pokemon level in experience, plus five. Plus five, I believe, of... for all of you, uh, except Charlie might have plus ten. Or is it plus is it plus fifteen? I think you're I right, know. plus fifteen because of everything you've put together for us. I, I think so, yes. And so yes. I can uh, decide amongst yourselves. I can apply that to um, uh, five Pokemon that are not my own. Because yep, he can he can train up to twelve. Yep. So. Uh Professor Sneeze, you can train with novice command. You don't have train the reserves. I do. So you can train up to six Pokemon, and Liliana can yep. train three. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fine. You're just not focused on training uh, this type of training for it. Since Charlie, you give more experience. Why don't you take three of Liliana's so that all of hers get covered, and then two of mine? That works. Sounds good. You guys math it out. Yep. Half of Liliana's Pokemon gets her uh, gets half their level plus five. The other half get half their level plus fifteen, and then you all know the rest. So with the training, any Pokemon that were at the Poke Center, do are they up for being trained or not? Yes, uh, it would have taken them a few hours to be healed, okay. but you would have gotten them back. So they are at full health and okay. ready to be healed. Also, you could have switched out your team at that point, but we'll assume you have your team. So, And it might be good for both your memory and everyone else's memory to talk about what Pokemon you have with you once you finish training everyone. So that we have our team list. Yes. And what is the next gym we're going to? I think we've got a split and we've got a couple decisions we can make. You have a choice. If you have three or more badges, which you do, you can go west to the Illumine Oasis, which is electric and psychic. If you have five or more badges, which you do... Uh, you can go north to Aurora Heights, which is ice and ghost. If you have seven badges, which you don't, 
you could go east to Fort Earthquake, which is earth, rock, and fire. Let's go there. You also will probably want to find a caravan no matter which way you're going, because Ravager Pokemon exist in numbers no matter which direction you're going. Not only Ravagers, but Pokemon in the wild who have survived against Ravagers. The wilds are dangerous outside of Landsmeet. So I guess the question is then, do we want to go north and check out the Ice Ghost area? I feel I feel like north is going to be more plot-oriented. I feel like that's going to be more like, uh, by plot-oriented, I mean like uh, with what the um, the Fero Corps was asking us to check out. Any direction mm-hmm. can get you to that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I will say is Illamine Oasis is usually a middle-of-the-road, high-end to middle-of-the-road gym. Aurora Heights is most often people's second-to-last gym. Yeah, that's, that's what, I thought. what it seems mm-hmm. like to me. Not always most often, especially because uh, while Illamine Oasis is in the middle of a desert, which is bad enough on its own, Aurora Heights is constant snows. It does not melt there, or at least not for more than mm. a week or two in the year. So that is a harsh environment to get to. So do we want a sequence mm-hmm. break or should we just go visit our chess playing friends? Well, let's let's name our Pokemon that we've got and then let's go see Manganale. Charlie has uh, Bernie the Blaziken, Harry the Absol, Nilly the Kadabra, Katana the Ponyard, uh, Floppy Copy, who, uh, that's the Pokemon species, which we, I've yet to name yet. <laughs> Cuddles the, the Bagan, and, uh, Giggles the Yarmahaha. Isn't Cuddles a shell gun at this point? Sorry. <laughs> that's the one, yep. The Beach Ball. Professor Sneeze has Melody the Wigglytuff, Archie the Apom, Schmoopy the Gastrodon, Snacks the Munchlax, Boss the Primeape, and Atlas the Bestiodon. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Can I give Boss Rage Fist <laughs> as a tutor move? The answer is going to be yes, no matter what, but give me an occult education check, only Professor Sneeze as well. Oh no, okay, all right. <laughs> Let me see, what's my occult ed? No, not inventory, it's untrained. This is not gonna be good. Seven. You find someone, maybe shady, but doesn't seem too bad, who is able to give boss Rage Fist. It's, it's, fi- it's about four levels early, but it's a tutor move, so. <laughs> Okay. Nothing to worry about. (laughs) No, nothing to worry about. (laughs) What could go wrong with Boss getting a powerful move too early? (laughs) Okay, I think I know my lineup. Um, So my Tortora... Torterra, sorry. My Torterra Spicy. uh, My Growlithe Grunge. My Scyther Sparky. But, oh, what is that one's name again? Uh. <laughs> what, what, what is it? I bet I know. My D- Dino Dude. Oh, no, I didn't know that one. My Zorark Ruse. And my Gotharita Beth. Ah, yes, Lady Macbeth. Nice. Mm-hmm. Dude. And I, I always remember, uh, and this is a complete nit- nitpick, and I apologize for having for it, but uh, the reason it's Dino is because it's Eins Vai Drei. Yep. Dino, Zweilus, Hydreigat. Mm-hmm. One, two, three in German. Well, maybe to you. But maybe it's a dinosaur because it's a dinosaur. <laughs> we don't have many ground Pokemon, do we? No, that's, nope. that's actually a surprisingly low amount that you have. Well, my Professor Sneeze has one, of course. But yeah. But Schmoopy. Schmoopy. The ground type. Schmoopy. 
that's your big solid ground type. But yeah, you don't have too many. I mean, uh, Liliana can eat the psychic types for breakfast. But well, and so can Charlie. Yeah, Charlie has a pretty decent one for that. Spicy's ground type, but she only has one ground type right. move. Does she have Earthquake yet? Mm, no, but she has Sand nice. Tomb. When does she learn Earthquake? That's a solid one, I'm sure, and I know she learns it with level up. Okay, uh, so meta question, folks. So, uh, so d- double levels of meta here. So knowing that we're going to a psychic electric gym, Hollow would actually be a really good piece to bring. Very quickly, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Spicy learned Earthquake a level ago, so if you want her to know Earthquake, she knows it. Ooh, okay. Keep going, sorry, Charlie. Okay, so, uh, so again, knowing that we're going to like that gym, Hollow would Hollow would be a very good bring. I don't know what I would take out, and also like with some of the player knowledge. Part of me would be like, like, would want to say, take out floppy copy. Uh. There will be travel time between now and the next gym. Okay, I'll stick with what I got then. Well, because I, I feel like for for plot reasons, floppy copy should probably be with me right now. Okay, so everyone's got everything together. You figured out teams and your makeup for that. All right, let's start the episode. <laughs> Then, so you have trained your Pokemon, you've got your teams together, you're heading out from there. Uh, first things first, you stop off at the Weaponsmith, where uh, Charlie picks up his weapon. What does what do the weapons actually look like, by the way? Kind of like silver discs, like almost uh, what would be on the edging of, of what I'm thinking like a lock case would be almost. It's just like, uh, and it, um, it's uh, kind of like on, on casters, so the Pokeball can just kind of fr- uh, spin freely on there, and but also with some sort of a mechanism, so like you can kind of like yank the string of it, and mm-hmm. it'll like eject the Pokeball. So probably like casters, maybe even, I, I still think attached to like a wrist, a wristlet or a wrist bracelet to have that kind of connection working with that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, something like that. He worked through it. Uh, obviously, the Weaponsmith was up fairly late working on this, so he's excited to get it to you, but works out well. And then from there, you've got that equipped, and you move on to the Armorers, who uh, they double-check Professor Sneeze and Charlie's fittings and, and make sure everything's working, and then bring out uh, Liliana, her uh, light armor stealth suit, which is kind of in more darker tones. It's not going to be pure black, because... Pure black actually stands out at night, so it's more of like dark, uh, darker <laughs> grays or midnight blues. Also, while all the rest of this is going on, Charlie is uh, playing with uh, uh, his new contraptions and like trying to do like around the world and like uh, walk the yamper and <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and and these uh, like different kind of like uh, uh, tricks and like totally like hitting people and things as we go along. Fantastic. I'd say, like, sewn into the suit and everything is a ring of a collar around the top, which there's a button to press in the front that will seal it into a full uh, covering mask and, and and helmet for Liliana. Nice. Sweet. So now fully suited up and kitted out, you head out to where Professor Mankineel told you to meet her at a laboratory area just outside of town in the northwestern corner area, and I believe that was correct to what I said before. If it wasn't, I apologize. But <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> so you head in there. It's a fairly uh, unobtrusive building. In fact, uh, looking at all the other buildings, uh, there's not much to make it stand out in Landsmeet, except it's not really terribly colorful on the outside as compared to others with like the paintings and the neon. 
looks almost like a fairly drab set of office buildings. Is there nothing too tall? Again, because it's Landsmeet. And again, you're looking at it through the blowing sandstorm. So you're getting pieces of it. Mm-hmm. There is fencing around it, an area. But once uh, you get to the fencing, there's uh, an intercom. And if you drop uh, Professor Mankineel's name, the door's open for you immediately. You're able to go into the fencing to kind of a side door area where uh, the woman herself, the woman you saw before in her, I believe, I thought it was like early to mid 50s. This again might be a little older for it, but with very similar to Professor Sneeze type hair, like all different colors inside of it faintly, like through a gray, white or colorless area there. Very, very white eyes and irises to the point where it almost looks like she doesn't have an iris. And it's just whites and pupils. You made it here on time. We're so glad that you decided to come and talk with us. Come on, come on. I'll show you the whole way around. And she brings you all in. Okay, out of character, this may be a dumb question with, but like with how white her eyes are, is she blind or partially blind? No, the the feeling that you get is less that and more um, because it's not cloudy. She doesn't like her, her pupils are still a clear black. Okay. It's like, this is a very unique mm. form of uh, the Chan col- eye color and hair color variations. Or else something else is going on. Gotcha. <laughs> no check, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's within, it, it's like, Professor Sneeze especially, this would be completely outside of the norm for you. You might have heard of it, but you hadn't seen it. Liliana, right. you <laughs> might have, th- this might be unusual, but not completely unheard of. And Charlie, this is possible, but still unusual. Weird, as Charlie had said before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Charlie would find weird. it weird. Li- uh, Liliana would be a little ki- more, like, on her guard, and Professor Sneeze, this would be out of context. Just simply from where he grew up and everything for it. Right. But uh, she pulls you along through a drab set of buildings as the lights flicker in my house. Uh, oh, yay. <laughs> Ambiance. Uh, it's just a drab hallway that gets you to a rather large elevator, almost like a freight elevator in size for it that she takes down. And the whole time she's going through and she's like, well, like I said, so glad that you went this way. This makes things so much easier for for all of us to get to, uh, to work this way. But like, here, let me, I'll, I'll just show you where you're going and then we can talk about what happened, uh-huh. what, what we can do next for each other. Okay. I'm glad to hear that uh, Alba got you your badges on time and everything, of course. And you know, she's such a kidder, but in there. And I, I, I was happy to hear get everything's going smoothly with your parents over there. Uh, Charlie's okay to call you Charlie. Charlie there. Uh, hey, Professor, how'd you know that Alba got us our, our badge and our money and stuff? Oh, you. And she kind of laughs and takes her. I'm, I'm also... Uh, I'm also happy that uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. It's, we're getting down to the bottom, but I, I'm glad you picked up our ditto for us. That, that seems like it's a much uh, it's, it's a much happier place to be with you and to learn a little bit more. You know, it's 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 still a little experimental at the moment, but it's it, it seems to be going well. I I didn't I didn't catch a, a, a what's a what's a ditto? I didn't. Oh yes, I, I heard about your fun little name. I'm afraid we have the prior claim though, but that's okay. Uh, at this point, the doors open up to bright. Uh, fluorescent, almost uh, more like LED lighting, the brightness and whiteness of it, and several different different places. There is a feeling of controlled chaos in this area as you go through. It's more uh, sterile white walls and white walls, white floors, white ceiling, a high ceiling uh, for the underground area and bright lights for it, but there's color everywhere within it, and there's people and Pokemon, some of them in lab coats, some of them in more uh, outland- outlandish designs, all moving and going about. 
What are the people wearing? <laughs> uh, most in lab coats, some wear outlandish signs, but uh, she goes through and it's like, okay, so yeah, uh, here, let me show you. you. Of course, you've met a couple of ours, maybe a little more of the wilder ones, but here's uh, our designs and looking at more typings on going really deep into the types in there. Of course, of course, old uh, Don over there has gotten the best in terms of bringing the types to the new generations. He's really great with those dark types and uh, how, how he works those through, but uh, all of them are kind of working to see how they can get the best out of each typing, and you, you get some characters, some of the really big characters, of course, but uh, we don't have to worry about those. But Hey, Nick, r- real quick, just like mm-hmm. the general feel of, of uh, Professor Menkeniel, I wanted to run, uh, roll an intuition. Okay. I was going to roll that, too. I rolled uh, an, uh, a <laughs> 14 in intuition. Okay. 16, uh, 23. 23. Okay. So, like, general feel, and, like, especially, like, in regards to floppy copy, I want to know, like, am I getting any vibes about that? Nothing she has said to you has been dishonest. Hmm. For such a sneeze with a 23, especially, what you're getting the inkling of is you feel like she thinks you've had like it, it's it's not quite this but the closest you can get is it's almost like you've had three or four conversations with her and this is the fifth one to her even though it's the first one to you that's not right <laughs> but she's working as though you have more information that she assumes you have more information than you do hmm. it's like oh yeah so from there and we can go and we can keep moving along here and uh, good to see everyone everyone keeps on going you know i'm 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 not really the boss here, but I'm, I'm kind of the administrator, so I make sure everything moves smoothly. Someone's got to be able to talk to the people. You know, I'll, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, when you get a lot of people of uh, genius intellect together, they tend to butt heads, so you got to have someone to smooth things over, you know. Oh, you know. But uh, uh, you, you can move from there, and we can see uh, Pokemon, these people, they, they work with Pokemon less about uh, working with specific typings, but more specific Pokemon to bring out their fullest potential through breeding, through training, through whatever else there. Of course, uh, you've met you've met young Sam over there. He's a bright one. And uh, Professor Sneeze, you see Sam Timorous uh, look up from where he's working with mm. like a collection of Weedle and Kakuna and Beedrill, and he kind of gives you a glare, but doesn't move towards you. Uh-huh. At this point, and he's... Yeah. And if they're, and I, I think you you've, you might have uh, run into a few others. There's some really good uh, jellicent work that's going on as well as we work through those things, and uh, we keep going from there. Uh, but uh, from there, we go from purely natural growth. Uh, can I get a perception check from everyone as you're leaving? Yep. Yay. Five. <laughs> I can't hold all of my dice. <laughs> <laughs> I got an 18. I have a 22. 22. All right. Charlie, you are the one who catches just a glimpse. He's kind of moving to stay out of the way. Uh, The person who you fought in Ratu, who was behind the uh, Atlas Vine problem and behind the Trevenant gang. Yeah. He's in. He's in there. Intermixed with the group, okay. but right. we're going straight from uh, breeding, but now we go to more of the uh, mechanical Char- design. Charlie mm-hmm. nudges Liliana and points him out. He's almost like, he, he it was a glimpse. He vanished mm-hmm. from before you could even point to him. Okay. He's good, but you, you can never point there. And like, we go from here to the more of the augmentation with uh, human-made designs as well. We really wish you know, we could get Yash in this, but, you know, she's a little bit of a stick in the mud and, and uh, a little working with that. So we work with what we can. Oh, you've met Tulip, of course, and Tulip gives you all a cheery a cheery wave. 
uh, Tulip Rousseau with her uh, mechanical mm-hmm. eyes glinting and is going back with it. And of course, we're working with a few other things. Uh, you, you've quick question, quick question. What color is Tulip's hair right Tulip's now? Tulip's hair right now <laughs> is uh, a green, just a few shades lighter than uh, Charlie's mother's emerald. Oh. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Proceed. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can see some of the mechanical things. I know you've butted heads with uh, at least a couple of ours in the past, but, you know, you can really work. And you've seen the way those designs really fit together well, of course. And uh, those that was one of the more uh, unstable ones, maybe a new, a new prototype. But we've really made some leaps and bounds since then. Let's keep moving. Uh, uh-huh. We can keep going from here. Uh now this is a big one. This is one that we've been working on. Uh, with this is this is actually from headquarters out in Illumine Oasis, where we really get all of our things there. This is dealing with some of the Pokemon that have done some strange things there. And in this, this is probably the most monochrome area because a lot of the things here are in black and white with just a couple of pops of colors. The Pokemon are black and white with a couple of pops of color, and usually they aren't these colors. These seem to have had some sort of interaction with. Uh, the crystals out there and really all of the work we're doing out there of course not just the crystals of course but all the other things that we're working on out there and the stuff and so they, they've had kind of different designs some of them seem to have gone apart from typing entirely really this is more observation and understanding than anything else but we're really looking into these and seeing what we can learn from this and uh now talking of crystals and other places this is of course from outside of the country uh, outside of our country and other places. It, it's really hard for us to get from place to place, of course, you know, but uh, from sea, we can get some interactions with people, and they brought those really interesting crystals, you know, those mega stones and, and the, the mega rings that work together there, and we're really working on, I mean, if you have that untapped potential, why wouldn't you be able to extend it? You know, move it beyond just a f- couple of rounds or the one battle thing there. If we could really get Pokemon into that setup, we could really do something very interesting with that and of course there are some issues with that some pluses and minuses but really you can do a lot with that as we keep going and oh you know but and she kind of shifts you through that where there's people like moving in and out of mega evolutions and working with mega stones studying them uh, going with everything there do you all need an intuition check or have you caught the drift I yeah no I get it, I get it no, I think we got Char- it Charlie might not have gotten it he might like be uh, uh, might actually uh, bring it up and say it <laughs> but he's like, but let me bring you into here, and, and let's let's go over here, and we, you can meet some of my group. That you you guys will, uh, of course, you can work more with this uh, professor sneeze. We of course want to uh, work more with you. Your idea behind the Snorlax and working with the phases of the moon that was spot on. Honestly, we've really got to work with that and how the moon affects other Pokemon, how and how they work with that. So we'd really want to hear more uh, designs and ideas. The 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 chance or the the uh, counter one that was based on more. Uh, patterns of food and uh, and sleeping patterns and behavior. That was a really small study, actually. When we brought it out to larger areas, we found that the phases of the moon had a much larger impact than we thought. But, and she's bringing you into kind of this larger circular gro- room that's full of more people, all seemingly working more office jobs, and he's like, and yes, but, but let's see, we can get you to work. We really do have to give you something to kind of uh, name out your allegiance, of course, to get, to get really get the ball moving on things. So, uh, there's a couple things that really easy one would be really, uh, we could send you back and this would be fairly fast to work through and we could get you back to the Clear Lake and you found that really interesting mobile or that that 
mechanical flower all that while ago. That was really something worth studying and we'd really want to bring it back here. So if you actually took that out for there, of course, and, and we're obvious with it, that would really lay the groundwork for this and we'd be able to jump to the next phase and really get things going. But now there's some other ideas we can work with to go from here and there, but it's really the, the, the getting that set up will really get the ball moving and we can keep you out of it afterwards. But that would really get things started on our end. Remind me what this mechanical flower... Uh, that's the thing you found with the Nuzleaf a while back that you weren't really sure how it worked, but it seemed to be affecting the wind. Okay. In character, Charlie goes, wait, get get what ball rolling? I don't... I. You you seem to be a couple steps ahead of us here. We like you're you're like ten steps in the conversation. We're like at, at the very beginning of it. I, I'm I'm sure the arch. I mean, I mean Archie. I mean he must have you mu- he must have told you all this already, right? Um, not quite. Um, I mean Archie's told me plenty. But he's the archetype but... of a type of fact. The archivist. You ask him a question, he gives you an answer. That's exactly what he's what he's built and designed for. That that's his entire purpose. He thinks even beyond mere understanding, he gathers and collects and collates data. That's his whole purpose as the archetype of facts. Um yes, and he's been doing that. He's been gathering data. I I appreciate research in uh in a full and and rounded way and so i take what archie discovers and i i learn on my own as well we're a team uh do you want to do an intuition check to just for the sake of uh selling what you just said yeah guile Guile. not not intuition guile thank you yeah yep it's not gonna be good um it's a nine she looks at you (laughs) looks at all of you and goes you do know what your archetypes are for don't you I mean, why do you think you have barely seen any trainers in your entire journey? You've been traveling with the archetype of solitude. Well, except for those, like, competitions that we entered. Right, where you made friends immediately with your archetype of loyalty. Oh, yeah. Jared's a real friend. Creation, you're (laughs) discovering new things. You've run into contacts with... uh, You've had a rival or a, a continuing contact with other people. You've made... You've you've gotten to the confidences of at least two or three gym leaders. I, I thought that's what every trainer did. Oh, well, this this complicates things a bit. Um, let me see if I can explain it quickly. We're in the middle of, well, to put it quite simply, I thought you knew this already. Was this like we're we're trying to start a war here? What? <laughs> ah, yeah. Now you're talking my language, ladies. <laughs> well, you, you guys. You, you went through the ruins, and you saw the, the connection. There's the two uh, Pokemon in constant conflict, the, the ideals versus uh, versus truth. Those there, the, they're both incredible sources of, of energy, especially uh, Zekrom, electricity and dragon, that, that amount of pure resource. If we can conspire that to come to our side, and we already have a pre-built conflict in the midst of our region. And able to, we artificially begin a conflict that clearly has two equally opposed sides. The Flames of Agni are already agitating. They may have a similar idea. And the Futurists are already poised to take it with our ideal, with what we're reaching towards the future. Obviously, Zekrom is going to hit our end, and we can deal with the situation as it's going through here. And and we can harness that energy. It's really the move forward. So, and with you three being the archetypes, I'm afraid we can't just leave you on the field to put on any end. So I assumed with you joining us, with uh, agreeing to this 
uh, meeting, we were going to be working together. You make one, and it would just have to be one gesture that you are on our side and then remain out of the way until the conflict escalates enough to bring in the two Pokemon. And then we're able to move from there. Liliana. (laughs) Uh, When she mentioned Zekrom, a slight movement behind her caught your eye, and you saw one of the researchers who was working at the desk jobs. Professor Sneeze, with your basic intuition check, you would have noticed this earlier. They're not really working. They're watching what you guys are doing, and there's about 30 people in the room. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of them looks up, and she has snow white hair, complete white complexion, like fluffy snow white hair that's very, very long, white shirt, white coat, everything is very white except her eyes are brilliant, brilliant red. And she just gives Professor Mancaniel a look as they say Zekrom, that's just long-suffering is the best way you can think of it, and then goes back to her work. And Professor Mangoneal thinks that Zekrom would, would be on their side? Is that, am I understanding that right? That is what Professor Mangoneal seems to think. So, what you're gathering from this, and what she just said to you, is she wants to create a conflict, a very severe conflict between the Flames of Agni and the Futurists, and it seems to be agitating on both sides so that those Pokemon can be summoned and the Futurists can harness specifically Zekrom as a source of energy. So, I'm afraid that, well, I'm going to need an answer of some sort on this end. How soon? <laughs> the doors behind you close. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have just said something instead of going to that extreme. It's a little dramatic. I- I- I'm sorry, you were traveling with the archetype of fact, so I assumed you knew. Don't assume I know anything. <laughs> I'm beginning to see that that is the case. Um, do the people in this room have, like, Pokeballs that I can Give see? Give me a perception check, anyone who's looking for that. Seven. Well, aren't they working with Pokemon right now? Uh, no, he, she brought you into a separate room where the people seem to be working desk jobs. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm. I missed that. Uh, 19 from Charlie. Oh, that is not good. I got a 10. Professor Sneeze and Liliana, yes, they are carrying Pokeballs. Uh, in fact, some of them are hi- are trying to hide them, some of them are not, but all of them have at least a few Pokeballs on them. Charlie, all of them also have either, or a few of them at least, have several badges on display. You really think that you can harness Zekrom? Well, that is the plan. I mean, have you met Zekrom? Not yet, but he's a Pokemon. <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah, he can work with Pokemon. They've been captured before. They can be captured again. All you need is the work for it and a proper amount of preparation. Now, I am going to need an answer or else. Uh, honestly, I'm not going to harm you or anything with it. I wouldn't do that. But we were going to have to set you aside for a little while. Uh, until things get away, you get you simply too much of a unknown factor. The archetypes, when given enough power and trained and understood properly, can rival uh, any of the legendaries themselves. So having them in play, even as an unknown factor, is simply too much. I'm afraid you can't just hmm, put us to the side. That's not uh, that's not in my playbook. Yeah, what if we want to be more involved? <laughs> Let me tell you a few things, then. Uh, I'll stand in for Archie for the moment. Number one, ten of each of my associates behind you have each been assigned to each of you personally. 
looking at your teams, <laughs> looking at uh, your decided layout. Uh, though yours, uh, Liliana, yours did do a little bit. You changed it up this morning, so we had to do a little bit of shuffling. But uh, each of them are set up for your teams right now, especially. Uh, there is one for you, Professor Nies, I just want to let you know that's specifically designed just to put as many status afflictions on your Pokemon as they possibly can. <laughs> Just to, to hold you in place, you know this. Uh, you, you've got really great, great setup for the for the HP there, but they're just designed for that uh, as well. The second thing is uh, the moment you came into sight of our uh, gate there, which of course that was a little bit of a distance. Uh, orders came down from our headquarters in Illamine Oasis that uh, the the uh, brigands behind the attack on Low Keep and High Keep. And uh, many occasions within Landsmeet are, of course, the three of you. So I'm afraid that you are wanted for questioning by the rangers at this moment. Uh, and that, that will continue until Basin Illamine, of course, is, is uh, stops recording that, which can come from us. Or I suppose you could shut it down yourselves, but you'd have to get there first. And, of course... If you did decide to work with us, that would just be an honest mistake and some confusion, you know, some mix up in in the reports there. But that is being publicly posted as we speak. So quick question, too. Since Bruce has been out and about following us as the little girl from the <laughs> forest, I'm assuming Mank Neil thinks nothing of this. She hasn't made any indication, but she does know what a Zoroark is and that you have one on your team. Hmm. Okay. Thought that might be the case. You bring up that we're wanted for questioning and I want some questioning too. I open Archie's Pokeball and I say, Archie, what's the best way out of here? Do you say that out loud? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Give me a general education check from Archie. For Archie and uh, Charlie and Professor and Liliana, sorry, uh, Katana and... Grunge, both give me perception checks. You want that from our archetypes or from our, ourselves? Archetypes. From yeah. uh, Grunge and Katana. Uh, 19 for Archie's Jinnet. 8 in perception from Katana. 13 in perception from Grunge. Charlie. Sorry, for Katana, can I get an acrobatics check from her instead? I apologize. Yep. Ooh. Hmm. Acrobatics is a 9. Out of character for this, quick. There are three options. One, try to bluff it. Her intuition is as good as Professor Sneeze's. Great. <laughs> Two. What's your intuition, Sneeze? Master. No, virtuoso. <laughs> oh, dang it. Okay, so, never mind. So it, it's still 66, because that's what he, she'd roll for it, but yep. it's solid for it. Uh, number two, surrender and break out possible that would be the that would be the cliffhanger and then the next one would be the breakout number three i could contrive if you can contrive a way for the pokemon you have on you to push all of you into a vent above you that uh, a crawl space above you that katana will open in this moment <laughs> so ruse if we were to go with option number three, Ruse could turn into a Gyarados, and that would lift us up pretty high. She could just... Okay, I was thinking uh, I, Melody could inflatable. Oh, that works too. <laughs> if we were to try bluffing, can we 
do a group check. You on could do that. a group check, or you could each bluff separately and say you're not related to one another. So one of you could bluff, and the other two could go to prison, or could go, or could get locked up, or two of you and one, or whatever you want for it. An idea. I'm not sure this might actually work. Um, Nelly has teleporter. See, it has tele- teleporter four. I think she has teleporter four and teleporter two, which also then means that um, Floppy Copy can also have have that. Right? Maybe? Yes. Uh, and she also has Transporter. <laughs> hmm. uh, which means she can take one willing Pokemon or trainer along with her. Uh, floppy Copy. Transform. Does that give you their abilities? Yes. So Nilly and uh, Floppy Copy could carry two of you up to six squares away, which would be enough to get you up into the vent. Each would only be able to take one of us? Yeah, they would each because it's one willing person. Yeah. Well, you, you said Floppy Copy could take two? Why, why was it two? Or is that not, no, is not uh, two? No, each of, each of them could take one, so both of them together could take two. Okay. Couple of things then with that is Nilly and Floppy Copy could either take Charlie and Professor Sneeze or Charlie and Liliana, and then mm-hmm. Professor Sneeze could do Inflatable with Melody, or Liliana could use Ruse to turn into um, a mm-hmm. Gyarados. I will say the Inflatable would probably be too slow because oh, okay. she's going to be floating like a balloon and a lot of this is going to be the speed to get out of there before the 30 people in front of you release Pokemon (laughs) so then in that case would Ruse be well would Ruse be tall enough as a Gyarados Um, Gyarados if I remember correctly have are about 20 feet long yeah oh okay so she probably you would have to do an acrobatics check to make it the rest of the way but yes because this is a tall ceiling Quick, quick semantics question. If it's if this is doesn't Ruse just like making illusions? She doesn't actually become the Pokemon. That technically, yes, that's what I was wondering. I mean, uh, I mean, play it how, how you want, Nick. But oh. I, w- I was wondering about that. I was giving it the benefit, but now that it's brought up, technically, yes. Sorry, I'm a killjoy. No, that's that's good that you brought that up because I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> Flatten and reform. They can stretch out their body material and condense themselves as well. Or would we be able to have Ruse use Pursuit on Nilly without hurting her? <laughs> no, but it would move Ruse to Nilly. It would hurt. Okay, well, let me keep thinking on this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it is by its own design an attack. Or could, like, at least so that it's not super effective, could uh, she follow Floppy Copy? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm not sure what's better, but... <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering about um, Shmoopy 2 with mm-hmm. Amorphous. I think you were looking at that earlier. Yes, I was just now. Nick. How big is... So I, I'm just thinking, again, uh, uh, out-of-character metagame thinking here. Mm-hmm. Of the three of us... Am I feeling correct that Liliana would most likely join up with the Futurists? I mean, probably. <laughs> and join up can be in quotes or not, is the thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe that maybe that would even be a mystery to uh, Charlie and Sneeze. Like, Sneeze could. So I'm I'm thinking of like there there could be a pretty convincing lie for Sneeze too. That's not necessarily a lie. Um, and maybe. 
Maybe I'm. Maybe I just say this. So I'm gonna. If it's all right with everyone, I'm just gonna break the out of character stuff, and I'm gonna do something, and you can hold on to the teleporter okay. stuff in your back pocket here. And I'm gonna say, all right, all right, I I will stay and assist you. I just ask that you let my friends go. And I will do everything in my research power to do whatever you need. And I, I will hear you out. Give me an intuition check. That's a real bad roll. Ouch. Um, 12. <laughs> oh, no. Would Archie be able to, to do an intuition tech and help sneeze out? I don't, you can't do it as a group check, but you can do your own. I'll, I mean, I, I can potentially beat a 12, so. Oh, I was just saying that, like, Archie could do an intuition check and then, like, whisper to sneeze or something. Ah. Mm. Go ahead and have Archie do intuition. What is Archie's... Charlie's intuition is 13, so. Uh, Archie's intuition is only 2d6, so the most he could get is exactly what Sneeze already rolled. Well, unless, so, hold on. Sneeze, when you were saying that, was that a bluff, or were you being honest? Good question. Both? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking that I would stay in order to give you all a way out. And then work on my own breakout. Either that or you would come break him out. I'm yeah. Or that, yes. Because I was going to say, if part of that was a bluff, then we could help you mm. bluff. Good guy, it. Yeah. Play into it, either betrayal or working for it. Yeah. Uh, out of Again, sorry, out of character quick. How cruel is this? And is this uh, is this fair? None of you beat her guile check. So you wouldn't realize this until <laughs> afterwards. But she is willing to say yes and let you go without rescinding the order for the rangers to capture in quest. She simply won't bring it up. Hmm. That will continue coming out yeah. of oh. the Illamine Oasis. So you will be out of their clutches, but the rangers will still be looking for I think that makes sense. I mean, that's something that Liliana's probably used to is having cops looking for her, so that probably wouldn't rattle her too much. Yeah, I think that's... I feel like that's something we can probably handle on a case-by-case basis. Okay. And is it interesting to all of you to have a break-sneeze-out-of-pseudo-prison arc for the next thing to happen? It would probably be episode. Like, do we know that's what he wants? Like, is... are we... are we that smart? (laughs) I can, like... The guile checks to uh, share the information. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would be necessarily sharing anything. Here's what I'll say to know it. Uh, Liliana, give me a guile check. I, I have fairly good okay. guile. Can I roll guile, too? Sure. Uh, not great today. Uh, 12 in guile. Well, uh, plus 2, uh, 14 in guile. I did not do much better. 16. Professor Sneeze wants to roll something, try I guess I'm saying both of you can read Professor Sneeze well enough by this point to know that he is not planning to yeah. simply give up. The information from that too is it's unlikely that she doesn't know. So there's a lot of I, I know you know I know going on right now. I know you know that I know. Mm. And you know that I know that you know. The end result <laughs> of this will be that Professor Sneeze, or sorry, that Charlie and Liliana will be out of the actual compound surrounded by hostile trainers, but will still be wanted by 
the rangers. Doesn't mean they're necessarily actively looking for you, but they will pick you up if they find you. And that's probably going to be a public thing, so there might be people who know who you are and what you look like. Good news is you guys just changed up your look, so the most recent pictures and descriptions of you will be slightly off already. <laughs> Professor Sneeze will also be technically wanted, but he will be in the compound, and none of them are going to mention that he's in there to the rangers. So once he comes out, you'll all be wanted, but you'd need to get him out or he would need to get himself out. I say let's go along with that because that sounds probably like the most doable plan because to like, if we need to change up our looks even a smidge more since Mank Neil and like a bajillion other people just saw us, that's something that Liliana would be able to help Charlie with. And then breaking sneeze out again would be something that's kind of back of hand because Charlie would Hmm. know even if he doesn't know the compound that well he would still know the town well Mm -hmm. enough and Liliana would be able to help him sneak around and stuff and if we need to do like some covert shopping to get like like other clothes or like maybe we can find a salon and change Mm -hmm. our hair and stuff Yep, mm-hmm. I was thinking that too. Get some sick tats! There you go. <laughs> that sounds good to me. So I think, so we're going to go with uh, Sneeze's plan, he'll stay and work, and we're going we're gonna to leave for now? Yeah, so after he says that, Mankanale kind of looks over all of you, and there's a very big, I know, you know, I know, you know, I know, uh, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm, <laughs> And none of the none of you realize until you. I think it'll probably hit you after you leave that she never rescinded the order for you that you're still wanted, and that's still coming out of Illamine Oasis, as she's saying. That's where it's kind of being broadcast out of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Rhea and Lem. There you go. Why don't you uh, escort these two out? And the woman with uh, fluffy white hair and the red eyes, and then. A man with dark blue hair and bright yellow eyes come forward and start escorting you both out. As you're walking, two things happen. One, Hmm. Charlie, Katana, you feel Katana's weight on your back, and you feel her slip a piece of paper down the back of your shirt. Okay. It says, kick me. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Professor Sneeze, you slightly feel... uh, Archie put something back into the back of your bag. And second, Mm. the white, fluffy-haired woman uh, walks up next to Liliana and is is escorting out, says very, very quietly so that only Liliana would be able to hear, you stink of the other. Do not return. And with uh, Charlie and Liliana out the door and suddenly realizing that they're still wanted, and Professor Sneeze being put to some sort of work at the moment and wondering what his next move is going to be. I think that's where we're going to end it for today. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapsteradio.org slash Pokemon dash rollout on Twitter at Pokeroll podcast and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pokerollout. Join our Facebook group, the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room. As long as you're not a robot, we'll approve your request to join. There you can join in the conversation with creators and fans and become a part of the Pokemon Rollout community. 
Also, follow our network on Twitter at Tapster Radio and check out some of our other great shows at tapsterradio.org. Like Intermission, Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch, Freddy Goes to a Podcast, and Us Play Fiasco. A special thank you to Rocco W for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles, and feel free to check the show notes for the other music and sound effects used in this episode. Once again, I'm Nick, and you can follow me on Twitter at PokeRollNick. I'm Paul. On Twitter, you can find me at ProfSnag. And uh, come hang out with us in our Discord. Uh, we'll be... Uh, by the time this comes out, I'm sure people have been very deep into Scarlet and Violet, and uh, we'd love to play and chat with you folks about all that fun stuff. I'm Michael. I am on Twitter at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L. And I'm Lydia, and I'm on Twitter at L-I-L underscore Shadow 8, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well. More thriller than horror today, but it works. You can follow me on Twitter at Behind Your Eyelie. That's Behind Your E Y E L I. If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollouts, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever we get, you get your podcasts. If you really like us, donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pokerollpodcast, and get some sweet rewards. Special thanks to our patrons Box Cheese, Dr. Audino, Peter Stadmuller, Andrew Case, DGZ, Eric Lonquist, David Harshman, Dean Frostmage, Kyle Albert, Michael, Richie Kammer, Matt Carlton, Taylor Bonforte, Froxus, Legendary, Andrew Weil, Ursa93, Terry Fowl, Scotty Newton, Chandler Shack, Lance, Huck, Jeffrey Show, Julia Egan, Micah Greenspoon, Casey DeFridas, Lauren Polson, Nathan Hemmelgarn, Alchemage, and Big Fat Nuke. You guys are awesome and we can't say it enough. We really appreciate all that you, the gentle listeners, do for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. There's no, so so far no Pokemon no no Pokemon Italy, so I'm not sure where this would be, but for Italian type of Pokemon, would they bring back Tangela, but then just make it like kind of Ekru and Red? <laughs> would you have to change the typing for that? Make noodle make it type fairy like all the other baking things. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. The special thanks is coming. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> awesome. I'm holding. Gotta Go. hold on. <laughs> oh no. What we got. We're halfway there. <laughs> this turns out to be the halfway point in episodes. Yeah, I just wanted to make it. Make, wanted to make a comment uh, when we were in there about how. Uh, remember that metal flower? Like it seems like that was five years ago when we were by that metal flower. <laughs> <laughs> just about. <laughs> Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. listener. Obviated objects of oblivion. Obambulating about. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. In the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org. From From our our fancy fancy to to yours. yours.